Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. It's time for us to return to the spring training showcase, and this is from the mind of Derek Hollins. So if you don't like it, let him know. Is baseball becoming more offensive? And I'm assuming you mean offensive, not offensive, right? Gosh dang it. Correct. You've been doing so well. I know. It's How can up. the O change something so much? That's, you know, I thought about that when Corey sent us a text message and he meant to say something was good, and instead he said it was food. And I oh, thought, you're yeah. dumb. And then I thought, you just switched that letter out, and it doesn't say you did food. Or you did good. Maybe he did his food. I mean, I don't want to rule that out. But yes, Mike, because okay. of you, I think about that way more often. When it, Like food and good. I thought, what? Why does that letter change what the O's are doing with the D? Thank you. Now, <laughs> don't mark that. Yes, you is... do. What is the O doing with the D? <laughs> well... Depending on, never mind. All right. Overdosing. Is, good night. Is baseball becoming more offensive? What has led you to this question? So, secondly, you're right. Kevy Kev and Michael. Um, So, for me, it's, you know, we've changed so much with the rules. The strike zone now benefits, obviously, which that's been this way, but it's benefited the hitters. Um, Now we've also eliminated the number of step offs for pickoffs or whatnot, which creates more action on the base pass. Um, and obviously with the time, I get it, you know, we're, we're going to see, I felt like I saw a lot more when I was in AAA, high scoring games, very few were you seeing low scoring because of the quick, the quickness with the clock and everything. So I feel like we're just benefiting the offense where there's not much of the pitching and it's becoming one of those things that's bothering me is if I, as a pitcher can only step off twice to try to control the running game. I'm doing no good once I've done two pickoffs or what if I did one pickoff and a step off because I didn't like what was going on or I was running out of time. Well, now this guy can just go ahead and steal. It's a lot easier for them to steal and get, you know, get in scoring position. And then now I got to try to hurry up and pitch, creating more action, which I get it. That's what fans supposedly want. But now we're we're just giving too much to them. Just real quick. You said fans supposedly want. Do you think that's because the message is being delivered by Major League Baseball and does not necessarily reflect the fans. Well, we're trying to promote the game and trying to make it faster. Well, at the same time, I, I'm curious, and I, I should have looked this up a little bit more, is I'm, I'm handing see, Derek the MLB propaganda sheet that I stole from spring training. Well, they, they want a quicker game. I get it with better pace. The game, so for me, because I'm going to get sidetracked, the pitch clock is really going after the guys that do 60 different things before they come set to make a pitch. It's not guys like myself or, you know, whoever else. We were all quick. That was the main thing. I I was literally about 
10 to 12 seconds in between pitches. I worked very quick. Whereas you get guys like, for instance, like maybe Clevenger or somebody else that's doing 30 different things before, that's where it's directed to him. So it sucks that it got put that way. Well, actually, Derek, it actually made one pitch longer when I was big time. I was on the I was on the webcast with Jared Sandler and Justin Fosu, first round pick for the Rangers. He calls a timeout on a two two pitch because he needs time. So he's like, I'll use my timeout right now. And so the pitcher's like, oh, this is awesome. And Justin Foscue gets into the batter's box, and there's like 14 seconds left on the clock. So he gets his sign, and he comes set, and he held the ball for eight seconds. Because the pit, the hitter can't call timeout, so he just has to hold his position. And there's a runner on base, so he just has to kind of stand there. He can't really steal type of situation and because your, your legs are getting heavier and heavier going, man, this dude just holding the ball forever. And it's like a new strategy. I'm like, there's going to be new strategies off of this that we're not used to as baseball fans. Scherzer did a great job with it. I mean, he's obviously been able to just hurry up and get it and, and hold it however. Did you ever hold the ball for eight seconds? That seems like forever because sometimes when they say hold the ball for four seconds, when I was pitching, like four seconds feels like forever if you're not moving. Yeah. And I, that's why I said it's. I get the rules because I know Sandler's big on like, well, these are the rules. You have to adapt to it. You need to get used to it. Because well, you are not oh big man. on these rules. Correct. Oh. No, no, he's okay with the rules. It's it's Sandler. He doesn't like. <laughs> but I it's, can it's tell. <laughs> but the thing is, everybody's okay with the rules until it affects their player. Because then you'll see the tone change when it happens to one of their guys. So that's that's my big thing. I just feel like it's we're shifting so much offense that we're going to start seeing higher scoring games. Because of we can't truly control the running game. As a left-handed pitcher, my job when a guy gets on first base is save myself and get that double play. Keep him close so that now I put the ball on the ground or pitch to create the contact to uh, put the ball on the ground and get the double play. I have some data for this early in spring training. Would you like to hear it? Well, before you say it. Do you want to read the propaganda sheet? Nope. Uh, I'm curious as to how long basketball games are for instance how long was the game last night i want to say it was close to three hours i but usually the average and we talked about this the other day the average for hockey and basketball is without seeing the exact number in front of me i would be willing to wager 235 is about on the money now i realize tv can change some of these windows but i think what about football uh, football is about three hours and so, so are we really concerned that much that we need to pick up the pace to make it a two-hour game? I kind of wonder sometimes if they look at whatever metrics that they decided they needed to change, and they just they were like, "I need to get from A to B." The cause is whatever I say. It's good. The effect will be this. The cause is whatever I say. And so, like, yeah. maybe baseball has been lingering on this for a while, and they're like, we need to make shorter games. Here's the rules I already wanted to implement, and I'll tell you that the effect well, will be shorter games. I'm a big Rob Manford guy here, Derek. So no, I'm you're stick not. Out for him. I think this is what's tough is, for a piece of metal. is that <laughs> the game used to be, and this is going back to kind of more the – probably mid-80s or before. The game used to be a two-hour and 20-minute game. Baseball used to be that. So there's a lot of things that impact why it's now a little bit over three hours. But it used to be about when my father played for the Texas Rangers, there would be games where Fergie Jenkins would pitch and it'd actually be an hour and 48-minute game because of just how efficient he was and stuff like that. But, right, and so... I think that they're looking at it and going, man, baseball used to be way more popular in, let's just say, the 60s and 70s and 80s. The ratings would kind of, you know, prove that. 
if we got back to the game time being that, would we get the popularity back? I think that's a it's a big that's a big thing to say. We will get popularity back to where it was because the world has changed tremendously. Uh, and with football, I wonder this too. This is my other point: is I wonder this in football. There's only 17 games of it, and the game usually takes place Texas time, noon or three o'clock. Because how frustrated do we get when the Cowboys do get a 715, 720 start and the game ends at then 11 p.m.? you care PM about the time. Because they're like, dang it, it's 11 p.m. and I got to wake up at 6.30 a.m. And I think for baseball fans, a lot of times they go, dang, man, I just need this game to end at 10 o'clock because I got to get to bed at 10 o'clock and I don't want to miss the eighth and ninth inning. So I get, I'm not trying to support Rob Manfred, but I think he's he's thinking, hey, if I can get this eighth and ninth inning in before, let's say, 10 o'clock, I think people will enjoy the 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 drama of the last few innings more. Well, Michael Manfred, um, I just wanted oh. to uh, throw out there too. The other thing is, like, I get it. We're trying to pick up the pace and get people involved. It's kind of hard when you don't have the attention span. Like in general, it has right. nothing. To forget I saw you about looking sports. at your phone during the game yesterday. I was watching the Mavs game, and there are times you weren't even watching. You're looking well, at that's, your phone. That's Okay, yeah, it happens every once in a while. You look down. Damn, he look at Mike trying to address all personal business on yeah, air right know, here. He's trying, to, he's trying to get me there. Uh, but that, but it, in all honesty, it is true that we as people look at our phones a lot. We don't pay attention enough. So if you're going to try to create something to help with the game and get more people involved, it's kind of hard when we, we literally, if a kid's acting up, oh, here, take your phone, play on this. Yeah. Or if a kid is at a game, instead of trying to learn from it, all they, they'll watch for like two seconds, and then it's like instantly, you know, oh, let's go get food. Oh, let's go walk around the stadium. Oh, let's, like, they don't pay attention. We're not teaching the game more than worrying about shortening it. It's not, I don't think the, the time-wise was, if anything, add two seconds to the pitch clock to each one. 17 seconds with bases empty, 22 seconds with runners on. That's fine. I think that'd be plenty of time if we're really trying to enforce that. But if we're trying to get kids more involved, it's more about them or as the parent, we have to kind of keep them involved and teach them as the game's going, I guess. I, we just have no attention span. We, we get caught up in I, stuff right away. I agree with everything you're saying. I want to ask you, though, this question about is the game going to no. be more offensive, as in more runs scored? And, I, I'm wondering. I have I have info people, for that. And, and, what, and I'll say this real quick. I don't care about spring training offense. Like I just like the way. So if there are spring training numbers, great, get to them. But I'm just wondering why do we think in the regular season we're going to see more? Okay, runs? and here's the reason: it's because I have spring training versus spring training. Right. So like, take that for what you will. I, I hear what you're right. saying because I think Major League Baseball and somebody texted this in: wouldn't offense more offense mean slower games? I think they're trying to prop yeah. up offense, and they it's going to like be overshadowed by how much time you spend early on. And again, early, and I will acknowledge it is spring training. Game times are down 22 minutes, batting averages are up 13 points, and runs per game are up 1.3. That's ERA is going up. Yes. No, so here's you're, the th- you're right about that. And yeah, I no, know, no, spring I like training, so take it for what it is. But that's versus other spring training. The other thing, too, is, Derek, real quick, is there's ebbs and flows in the history of baseball. There was the Bob Gibson, Don Drysdale, all that, uh, you know, Sandy Koufax era, where offense— 
stunk. And then we get this influx of offense. And then, you know, so I just, I do think there's ebbs and flows in baseball. And I know that Manfred and people are trying to correct it where they want it always the same all the time. But there's always in the history of baseball been ebbs and flows of, man, the game has become too offensive. Let's try to help out the game, have a lower scoring game. And then the game gets too lower scoring. Like recently, batting averages are now 240 as an average batting average. And like, dude, we got to get this up. This is not good for the game of baseball. Right. And that's where it's going to come into Okay, well, now ERA is going up. Now you're going to start having people on the other side as a pitcher. Of course, I'm going to be that guy too. Well, ERAs are up because of this because we're benefiting the hitters so much that, you know, we're not giving anything to the pitchers. You're going to be, I guarantee this season, if I'm not playing, I'm up here with you guys, we're going to be talking about, well, so-and-so's ERA is so high now because it, yeah. that's, how, it, that's how it's going to be. We're going to have high-scoring games, and those are going to still take time because of the other thing that helps benefit the hitters now you got to face a guy three. You have to get three batters as a new pitcher that comes in. If you're not doing your job, we can't take time out there and kind of yeah. pace and find our, our rhythm. It, there's so many I, things that the pitcher doesn't have any advantage anymore. Derek, I forget that rule all the time because when a dude comes in with like a runner on first base and nobody out in the seventh inning and he throws four pitches for a ball, like four balls, and you're like, dang it, those are four. And then the next two pitches are two balls. I'm like, Dude, this is his last hitter. And I'm like, oh, crap, this SOB has to face another yeah. hitter, too, and he can't throw the ball where he wants to. Now, that's just part of the, the thing of I just forget when I'm watching a game. I'm like, dude, Woody, like, get him out. And then I'm like, crap, he has to face another hitter, and he can't throw a strike. We're just going to have to walk another guy. Like, it doesn't matter. He's going to walk this next guy until he can uh, get him out of the game. Let me ask you this. Do you think that ERAs now, if they – because of how it is, and we start seeing the higher scoring games, not saying it's going to be like 12 to 10 or anything, right. but you're going to see higher. Do you think now we're going to look at ERAs as well? Okay, you know what? A four is not as bad anymore. I think it's ebb and flowed, right? I think that the number back in when I was pitching, because it was somewhat the steroid era, if you had an ERA that was four and a half, that was an average ERA in baseball back then because it was such an offensive game, right? And then as time progressed, we got rid of steroids. And I know that pitchers did them too, but then the numbers started going down. Average ERAs were more like a 3.8 or 3.9 became more of the average, and now they're trying to get it back to like – Maybe not 2000 through 2004, but they kind of want it a little bit better than um, what it has been. So I, I'm, I'm intrigued with these rules. I'm not saying that they're all going to work out. I think the play-in thing for the NBA, to give an example, I thought that was a great idea. Now I know it's horse manure. It's the <laughs> stupidest thing they've ever created because now the first 50 games, nobody cares. Everybody's jogging up and down the court and nobody tries and guys are sitting out so many games like, Dude, do you know that only 10 teams get eliminated? Like, there's 30 teams. 20 of them make it now. Yep, and they're like, if we can just dumb. get in the play-in thing. And now you realize it sounded like a good idea. And I know we're going to be intrigued by it. At the end of the year, there's going to be these kind of do-or-die games. But now it's made the NBA product such a crap-ass product for 50 games. You're like, this is not a good idea to put 20 of your 30 teams in the playoffs. Well, that's because everybody's going to like it until it affects their team. For the KNC Masterpiece right here Coming on 105.3 through The Fan. Fantastic work right there, I you guys. I still don't know. Coming up next, how can you not know? It's the expressway, mofo. That's Wrong. right. We got Mike Likes It. Maybe we'll talk a little Netflix. Plus, which NBA MVP candidate is under the most pressure to make a deep playoff run? All that Mavs and Jazz next right here on The Fan.
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105 Through the Fan, rolling with Derek Holland today because it's a Wednesday. You should know that by now. Is we got a whole lot of fun stuff, and I want to start. Do you want to go back to Mavs Jazz, or do you want to talk about a more general basketball question I have for you fine folks today? I don't want to talk too much more about Mavs Jazz, but every time I see Laurie Market in play now, I go, dang, you could have had him so easily, and he looks awesome. <laughs> you know what my you know what my son said? He goes, Hey, when you're at Dallas Card Show this weekend, will you see what the Markinens are going for? Because he like, because when he's on the Bulls, and he's like, I got all the Lori Markinens. I was like, okay, I will uh, definitely take a look for you. So he doesn't like him anymore now because he is like blossomed elsewhere, and yeah. so that kind of agitates him. He's good. Now we're on the verge of something pretty special, and that is Nikola Jokic winning. A third straight MVP. It hasn't happened in, I believe it's 37 years, maybe 38. Thanks, yeah. Larry. Exactly. Now, I know that this discussion has now gone in a totally different way with the Kendrick Perkins, J.J. Reddick. Well, what were you trying to say? Whole deal. That was not. He was saying that there's three white guys that yes. have MVPs that he doesn't think Whitey should have the MVP. That was that was an interesting 
because when JJ, when they started yelling no, yes, no, yes, back and forth, I, I would have, I, if I was JJ Reddick, I would have just said, all right, if that's not what you said, what were you implying? Because Kendrick Perkins did say, what do those three players have in common? And like, they are all white. And so I would have just asked him that question and just been like, well, yeah, they're all white. And you're like, okay, so your implication was, and then just take it from there. And so like, I know people have talked a lot about that. That is not actually like at the top of my list of discussion points here. But if any of y'all have something to say, feel free. Otherwise, I will move on. Nope, I'm good. Go ahead, Derek. The other thing I would say, like, I just feel like every time we get into any arguments like that, it automatically becomes race. And it's like, why do we I hear do you. that? It shouldn't, it shouldn't even be like that. You know, love each other the way you should because of who you are, or how you perform. Like, that's how you should be graded doesn't matter what color skin you are or any of that if you go out there and you perform then you are what you are you're great i i don't use race i have said this in my personal life before when people go well we need to have an honest conversation about it i'm like great if we're really having an honest conversation about it i'm all for that but but some people can't handle that and i can't have a conversation and i think frequently honest conversation means i talk and you listen and have no response and vice versa like depending on who you're talking to so that is that is problematic what i wanted to tackle just respect each other for you guys i mean that would be a great step obviously everybody's got to be able to have their own opinion that will good luck with that let me know how that turns out for you it doesn't is the leading five candidates for mvp Jokic, tatum and bead Luca and Giannis. Yeah. Is and it doesn't necessarily have to be in that order. Like if you think Embiid is second and you would slide Tatum down to third, and maybe you have Giannis fourth, maybe you don't because of the injury and everything. Like, do with that whatever you see fit. But those are the guys, and we can include other players if you think they're in the on in the mix. Like if you think Dame or John Morant should be in the conference, whatever. But those are the five primaries. I kind of and Obviously, I'm always going to put Dame in there because I love watching him play. He's, He's one of my favorite players, sure. hands down. Man, but uh, Donovan Mitchell's been pretty, pretty good. Okay. I feel like he's under the radar. They're not saying as much about him. Now, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I don't really follow enough of the Cavs. But from what I've seen and then when he was here in town, like the dude put on a show. No, you're right. I think the problem he runs into is all of the Eastern Conference candidates are the people right above him in the standings, which I realize is not a fair comparison because the rosters are not the same. But, I mean, Luka deals with that. Other players deal with that. So, I think the problem he runs into is Milwaukee's first, Giannis. Boston's second, Tatum. Philly's third, Embiid. And so, no, 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 I I get it. That's why Luka's not going to win an MVP. Let's be honest. He ain't winning it this year and probably not. I mean, they're going to have to change the team. Until his team, until the Mavericks finish top three or four yeah. in record in the NBA, not going to win an MVP. And it's it's still amazing to me that he is tied for fourth despite the fact that his team is got the, what, 11th, 12th best record in the NBA, maybe 11th best record in the NBA, yet he's fourth. So if you go off of that group, who is under the more most pressure to win in the playoffs? Because I think you can immediately dismiss Giannis. Like I, sure, he does, has one. Does he want to win more titles and etch his name into all-time amazingness? I get that, but I would say he's pretty low on the list. To me, Luca is low on the list too because nobody's going into these playoffs right. thinking you know who's going to be tough to beat is the Mavs. Well, let's talk about Larry Bird real quick. 
Yes. When he won three MVPs in a row, 84, 85, 86. He won two titles? Two titles, and he was in the finals the other year and lost to the Lakers. So, I mean, when you look at the pressure, usually, this is why, look, I'm not opposed to uh, Giannis getting this third MVP. I I wouldn't have voted for him, like, going into the year pretty much for anything. Oh, Jokic, you mean? Jokic, yeah. That's what I said. You said Giannis. Okay, Jokic, sorry. Is, um, Is the reason is because, Mike, look. When you win three MVPs, this puts you in such a special category yeah. in the NBA. You're usually dominating the league. You're usually Jordan. You're usually Larry Bird or Magic Johnson. You're usually doing things where, like, dude, he's the MVP. He keeps winning the damn championship, too. But he didn't win last year. He didn't come close to winning. He didn't come close to really winning much the year yeah. before. I get that they got a little closer, I think, if I have my years right. But yes. now you look at it, you're like, dude, I I think that's the vote. I want to give it to Tatum. Like, my heart wants to vote for Tatum. But you just start looking at the numbers, and you're like, damn, I think Jokic is going to win his third MVP. But there's a lot of pressure. At this point, dude, if you win three MVPs, you need to win an NBA championship. If you're that good in this league where one player can do so much in the playoffs, you need to at least be in the NBA Finals. And really, I think, because Tatum got crapped on after the NBA Finals. It's like, dude, your final thing is like, Dude, you're t- it's kind of like when Dirk got crapped on after 06. It's like, dude, did you not see what he did against the San Antonio Spurs, against the Phoenix Suns? It's like, I don't care. He didn't play great against the Miami Heat when they were up 2-0 in the series, and because of that, he's a piece of dump player. And that's what's kind of happened to Tatum after last year, too. And I'm like, man, it's not fair, but I get it. My favorite player of all time is Dirk, and it happened to him after 06, and then especially after winning the MVP in 2007 and not making it out of the first round. So for me, it is definitely... Nikola Jokic has the most pressure because he's probably going to win his third MVP in a yeah. row. And when you do stuff like that, you need to win a championship. I can't argue that. I wonder about – I. well, I just want to make it clear. I'm with you guys. I'm on the same side. Then I was worried. What do, you, what, what do you think – is the pressure for did Derek? Did you just hurt yourself getting out of a chair? I think he's thinking about Sonic. <laughs> mm. Good, that's coming up. Is what do you <laughs> think the pressure level is for Embiid and Tatum? Because for Embiid, it does kind of feel like they've been sitting in the same place for a while. Where you're like, oh, watch out for the 76ers, and then you're like, watch out for what? yeah, and that. Uh, to me, yes, there is pressure on him, but I'd almost be surprised if it's not Boston and Milwaukee in the conference finals over there. I just think that they're f- way better than the 76ers. I get, I think the 76ers are the third best team uh, over there in the Eastern Conference. But yeah, I think there is because here's the deal. And we dealt with this with Dirk. And Embiid, yes, he got off to a very injured career in his career. So his first four years were very injury, injury riddled. And then there was times where, are you even taking this career seriously? Yeah. But if you want to be considered one of, let's just say, the 50 greatest players in the NBA and you're Embiid, and I get his numbers, and you're like, Mike, he's top 50 for sure. When you start going down that list, it's tough to not play in NBA finals or have a championship and to be considered one of the 50 greatest players. So he he at some point, and he's going to need help, and the thing is, is how much does Harden have left? Because I think there's a lot of pressure on Harden, too, because his career is coming to a close. I think Embiid, he's a big dude, so he might not have a long career, but Harden... Let me ask you this. Do you think there's more pressure on Embiid or Harden at this point? I still think it's Embiid because I think that we're... I I hear what you're saying. I just... I feel like we already passed where he hit his maximum pressure. Now, not for him because he sees the window closing. I just feel like for Embiid, we've been sitting on this moment for several years. 
I think he would be, I think he's maybe third on my list, still behind Tatum because of how bad the finals went and because of how good their roster is. But you're right, without a doubt, I think Jokic, and it's like, Jokic is like first, second, third, fourth on this list in terms of pressure. And then I would go Tatum and Embiid. See, I feel like Embiid is a little bit, and when I say under the radar or whatever, he's not, I'm not saying he's not because everybody knows everything about him, how good he is and everything. It's just that there's so much on Joker and Giannis and Tatum that it's like he has more freedom. Nobody's really, he's not like the guy. So it's like, I feel like he could be a little bit more relaxed and continue to keep doing what he's doing and not so much pressure as Joker's going to have so much pressure on him because he needs to, like you said, get to the NBA finals. And, and win he's going to be the one seed too, by far. Like they've, they've blown out the competition in the West. So he's going to have home court advantage. He's going to be the overdog, roof, roof, roof. Uh, you know, in the playoffs and where Philadelphia, after the first round, they are going to be the underdog, whether it's Milwaukee or Boston in the next round. As long as those teams are healthy, nobody is going to be there won't be at least Vegas will have the odds against them in that yeah. series where Jokic is not going to run up against a series in the Western Conference. I don't think now Phoenix, maybe Vegas will say Phoenix is better. I kind of think they will. And I do think there's pressure on Durant, too. I think he is on this list. I get he has two, but we all see it as fake. Yeah. Right. We all no, I know. I, a lot not, of people do. It's yeah, not yeah, yeah. fair. And I get it. He has two championships. But when we talk about the top 10 players in NBA history and at that end of the list is Shaq and Duncan and Kobe and and you know like when you start looking at the list or Moses Malone you start going yeah is Durant better than those guys maybe but at Oklahoma City he didn't get it done and he joined the best team in the NBA who just set a franchise or not a franchise an NBA record for wins and they lost in the NBA finals but already had a championship under their belt so this is he's going to another team that looked like they had mentally lost it let's be honest the I wasn't counting the Phoenix Suns as a contender at all before that trade because I'm like, dude, they're going to get into the playoffs and they're going to crap their pants because they know that they're losers uh, with what Dallas just did to them. We saw it in Dallas after Dallas lost the 06 NBA Finals. It's sometimes mentally too much to overcome for a team, but throwing Durant in there totally changes that team. But if if they don't get it done, if they lose to Denver, let's just say in the conference finals or or a semifinal situation, we're going to look at Durant and go, dude, I get you got two titles but you were never able to do it without joining the best team team in the NBA. Now, I have another basketball story for you that is not related to this whatsoever, but it's glorious. Mm -hmm. Do you know what Steve Ballmer, the Clippers owner, is most excited about nowadays? No. The Clippers. Nope. Toilets. Oh, yes, I heard this. Okay, so... This is awesome. They're building their new arena, and... Is this like Billy Mays? Yes, actually, it does kind of feel like this. Billy Mays here with my incredible toilet. I'm Steve Ballmer. We have so many toilets. Is in their new facility, the first thing he said, what is one of their signature features? He said, toilets. Toilets. What? (laughs) Billy Mays. Is that really him? Yes. Wait, which one? Have you not heard this whole thing? I've never heard of Billy Mays. Okay, well, that's... Really? No. Oh, that makes me... Kind of sad. Is this an info Billy commercial here with the yeah, Chipotle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've missed the Billy. That Mays. is from South Park. I know. Thank you very much. Yeah, he's a big, he was a big infomercial person. So Steve Ballmer said toilets. Is he the one that killed himself? I don't know. Wasn't there an info commercial guy that? 
I mm-hmm. did that. Joe, I'm not saying there wasn't. I do not know All that right. to be the case. Is. I don't know the info commercial people that well. Steve this is a good one. Balmer said they will have 1,160 toilets and un- urinals. And he made sure to tell everyone that is three times the NBA arena average. So if you're looking for the most toilets per person, the Clippers' new facility is going to have it getting done. I will Doesn't say halftime, halftime can be tough. Now, you're premium, but if you are like on the 100 level and you're wanting to go to the restroom at halftime, always at, a yeah, there's, a, there's a good line of you're waiting behind 10 or 15 people if you didn't leave early before the half ended. Yep. And I do want to shout out the, the Twitter profile of Ben Rohrbach, who covers NBA stuff for Yahoo Sports. His quote tweet of this, the Clippers, as ever, are light years ahead on load management. Ha! So congratulations <laughs> you gotta, you to him Toilets! for that. And then I got great news for you, Mike. Did you see that Netflix is renewing Full Swing and Breakpoint? I don't know how far into Breakpoint the tennis That's one the you tennis. are. I, yeah. I watched a few episodes. Very good. The first one, obviously, off of my favorite tennis player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, those have been very good that I've seen a few of those. And then Full Swing, I think I stopped that, and I shouldn't have. I, I just haven't. Oh, I, just, I was surprised. I, okay. I think I just, for some reason, it just kind of fell off of my radar, but I need to finish it. I got to the episodes, and I'm very sorry. I forget names. The dude with the flat bill who wears the Jordans, who had a very tough life. You're Our not fan text will help us You're out. not going to know golf at all. Yeah, yeah. Tony Finau. So uh, that was the last episode, I believe, that I watched, which was a great episode. He's had a lot of tragedy in his life. <laughs> Don't laugh at that. I know it's important. Not, no, he, no, that's not what I'm laughing you're at. You're laughing at the fan text. No, I'm not. I, oh. I'm laughing because of something else. I wanted to stick with the toilets for a second. All right. Well, everybody in the world has texted in and said that Billy Mays died because of a heart attack. However... The attachment to that is multiple people are saying it was a heart attack brought on by cocaine because he he used a lot of cocaine. Well, from the Twitch, because I want to change this, they this was a uh, swaggy boots. So I want to put this out there. What if they made toilets for regular seats? Your stadium seat was a no, toilet. No, I can't be sitting next to someone. No, no, that means your no. privates are showing no, during the game. No, How is the get... TV going to show a whole bunch of people sitting on toilets, but they're using them? It's always face them. up. You can't see. You'd have to stand up and wiggle. You don't think people are going to do that? I really no. They'll blur it out. The wiggle thing too. So, I but just, I mean, it's bad idea. Swaggy booties. All right, sorry. And the, toilets are not that comfortable to sit on for two and a half hours. You hear that? That is an exciting man with toilets. What toilet was he selling that was that good? Now, I think one with the bidet. it's just the way he talked, and then South okay. Park took it kind of in a different direction about, about Chipotle and everything Chipotle. like that. But yes, so my point here was going to be that and Netflix who would feel comfortable with 20,000 people? Yeah, besides full swing for a second. <laughs> but you put Let's that. go back to sitting on a toilet at the stadium, and you're like, I don't want to miss this game. I'm now going to pull my pants down and use the toilet I'm sitting on in uh-huh. front of everybody. Yeah, uh-huh. put some poo-pourri in there. 
I think you're. I don't think his point is the smell or anything. I think his point is there's twenty thousand people and there. I'm gonna, and you're like, not gonna hear everybody's down? gonna be yelling, so you can't hear anything. But what about people just like you're exposed Sit, right yeah, there? Yeah, you're sitting next to somebody you don't know. Remember we sat next to those drunk people. What about those drunkies? They were gonna use that toilet the whole game. Yeah. You know what? They could have just thrown up in it too. Yeah, but I don't want people, I don't want anybody, well, I won't say anybody, I don't want most people taking their pants off next to me and using the toilet while I'm watching <laughs> the Mavs game. you ever talk to people when you're in there <laughs> You should that? probably say don't want anybody, right? You ever have a conversation with somebody while you're in there? No. Sometimes. If you're peeing, that's fine. I've always laughed. If somebody gives a good rip, I always laugh right. at them. Now, okay. what about this full swing? <laughs> Sorry, it was well, good. Well, all I was trying to tell you is that full swing yes. and breakpoint have been renewed for second seasons. Be. Unlike Karate Kid 74. <laughs> this um, is the last season. Cobra Kai. Yeah. I've me. enjoyed it, but it's it's done. <laughs> I, I love Daniel Sun and Johnny Boy. But it needs to come to a close at hey, this point. Well, this is the last season, so I think you'll be happy about that. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. And now... Poopery. It's time for Mike Likes It. All right. I'm not so sure how much I like this anymore. Oh. But I used to love it. And this is... And it's not recent. It's been a while. And I think a while for most people around my oh. age. And this goes to what is on all day today, all day tomorrow, all day the next day, all day Saturday, and most of the day Sunday until you get to Selection Sunday. Is right now Wake Forest is playing Syracuse in a matchup of an ACC team versus a Big East team, but I guess they're in the same conference now. They are now. in the same conference now. Is Kevin is a huge college basketball this fan. ACC tournament. Uh, he was trying to use a point about uh, how much he doesn't like conference movement gotcha. either. Never mind. Especially when you talk about basketball, like Syracuse, you just feel like Syracuse should I, right now be I at Madison it. Square Garden yeah, and yeah. not wherever they're playing this thing at. But Greensboro, Kevin, how much basketball will you watch somewhat today through Sunday? Is I, I did look up today like uh, when... I guess I did look up when Texas Tech is playing because they're playing West Virginia. And they'll that tournament and, should be awesome, and they too. they don't have a coach anymore because their coach is not the smartest man in the world, it yeah. seems like. You, do you um, think he's going to come back from that? I don't think so, and I don't know his resume, but I never heard of him when he took over the head coaching job at Texas Tech when Beard left. And, yeah. Well, Beard didn't seem to have a problem getting another job. So, um, yeah. But he has a better resume than... Is it Mark Davis? I forget. I even forget the guy's name at Texas Tech. But uh, just how much do you care? And maybe through Twitch, through the fan text, how much do you care of like sitting down and maybe watching TCU and watching AM in the, you know, I think AM, they get like a super buy where they yeah. don't have to play till Friday. Well, I mean, and this is second round for the ACC. The top ACC tournament teams won't start until the third round tomorrow because they do the weird. Yeah. Double buy and everything and, like that. And my grandfather used to take me out of school. So this is, I can, I have this memory. You go to reunion? And I'd go to reunion arena for the Southwest Conference. And it was so much fun. I can yeah. remember being with my grandpa and we would go the whole day. Like he would yes. take me out of school like at 11 a.m. So I'd yes. go till like 10 or 11 a.m. Take me out of school. We'd go to reunion arena and we would watch Houston versus Rice. And then yeah. it would be like A&M versus Arkansas. or whatever. And I would be there for two or three basketball games at Reunion Arena. And I just thought that was the coolest thing. Obviously, well, well before cell phone. So I was locked in to like Southwest Conference, all the Texas schools and Arkansas. And, and I was just like, 
Grandpa, thank you so much for taking me to this. And I have really very little interest now in these conference games. And I think most people are with you, but since you brought up the Big 12 tournament, like that's a great example for tomorrow is you'll get to the quarterfinals tomorrow and you have back-to-back-to-back-to-back games of teams in the top 12 because the top of that conference is clearly stacked with... Baylor, Kansas, Texas, Kansas State, is you can see some of the best teams in the country and maybe some of your presumptive favors for the NCAA tournament playing back to back to back to back. And I just I do think there's something super cool about that. I just love it because there is nonstop college basketball. Like last night is the uh, WCC championship where J.J. Pierce's own Drew Timmy set the all-time Gonzaga scoring record for a career, and they just whipped the crap out of St. Mary's. But, yeah, so you had that finishing up last night. ACC is getting going. Big 12 is getting going. Like, it's just nonstop basketball, which is one of the fun things, because I really like basketball. One of the fun things about the first day of the tournament, it's not only your bracket, but you can switch it, whether it's TBS, True TV, TNT, CBS, eventually you go to the app, whatever. You can find basketball from 11 in the morning to usually about 11.30 or midnight at at night. Well, midnight is obviously at night with no break in the action. And I just think as a sports fan, that's super cool. So this is a great weekend. Do you have any interest, Eric, in this? No, I watch it. It just, for me, it's not going to be, I like watching Michigan, but they're not. Do you hate Ohio State in all sports? Yeah. That's how it works. It's a rival. Now to get to know Derek Holland. Oh, great. You grew up in Ohio, mm-hmm. and you've explained this to me before, and maybe it's been on radio, but I don't know. Why do you hate Ohio State so much? Well, I was born and raised that way. My brother was actually a Michigan fan growing up. I learned from him, and then as he got older, he switched to Ohio State. I continued to follow Did Michigan. Did that feel like a betrayal to you? Well, no, not really, just because I started to really understand the rivalry because I was older. Like, yeah, when yeah, you're yeah. young, you don't really know. You're just like, oh, Greg's likes this, so I'm going to like this too. And so I, you know, I finally understood the rivalry and continued to keep going that way. And then my brother, he actually went to Ohio State and, you know, I still didn't care for Ohio State. I almost, I was close to possibly switching because I love running backs and Maurice Claret was unbelievable there. So I was like on the verge, but then I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do it. So I stayed. If he would have stayed, if Mo Claret would have stayed and not fought <laughs> the NFL, then Derek Holland would be dotting the I right now. That, uh, I don't know. I doubt it. But that continues to stay that way. And then I went and played uh, baseball down in Alabama, and I wanted to come back home and play in front of my family. Now, granted, I wasn't going to go to Michigan because it was just that much farther. Would I have loved to in a way? Yes, but I also wanted to be closer to home so my parents could actually see me. Because they didn't really get to see me much in college except for when we went to the JUCO World Series. And so... When I tried to come back to Ohio State, Coach Bob Todd was there, and he decided that he did not want to recruit junior college players. So that gave me another reason to continue to hate Ohio State. So that's okay. where that is. That's, so, yeah, I still hate him. I mean, it's you're I mean, never going to catch me. My son's a Buckeye because he that. was born in Columbus when I was playing AAA baseball for the Clippers. Oh. Um, but... Uh, so there's a little bit of him that at times he's like, should I root for, he kind of is like, should I root for Ohio state? That's where I was born. And he doesn't like it either because he loves Texas so much. He loves Waterburg. He kind of loves a lot of the Texas things. And I'm like, well, you're a, you're a Buckeye. And he doesn't sometimes like, should I, he's like, I don't, I don't really want to root for the Buckeyes. Cause 
I mean, know. I got criticized a lot, though. People were like, well, you're from Columbus. How can you not support your Columbus? I like a couple Ohio teams. I, I'm okay. a Browns fan and Blue, Jack- Blue Jackets, but I don't care for Ohio State. So, Derek, now you didn't play D1 baseball, but while we were in Arizona, I haven't got to this yet, but and I've, I've hinted at this. I got to talk to Josh Smith, who played at LSU. We got to talk to Jack Leiter, who played at Vanderbilt. And uh, I was talking to some of the players about their college experience. And SEC baseball seems to be the best baseball, Mm -hmm. as in the environments. I was uh, Jack Lazarko, who's like our major league alumni rep here in uh, Dallas-Fort Worth. He was saying, man, from his perspective, Mississippi State is the best environment. And then I've heard from other people, it's LS. Josh Smith was like, look, I'm biased, but I mean, like, I, I don't think there's any better place to watch a college baseball game than at LSU. And you just hear Arkansas can be an unbelievable place and other places, Ole Miss, and just most of the places that come up, nothing yeah. against, and A&M comes up yes. too, by the way, but nothing against UT or Oklahoma. We talked to Jonathan Gray about this or John Gray about this is, he is kind of like, yeah, it's a it's a good environment, but I wish it was a little bit better because the SEC is a great environment. Well, I asked this question to the players that played Division One college baseball because we'll get people that don't understand baseball that well because they're like college football and college or an NFL football. Like, hey, could Alabama beat the Houston Texans? And you get like Amari Cooper going, no, you can't. It's not even close. So I asked Josh Smith and Jack Leiter and a few other players, I said, LSU's number one in the country right now. The center fielder is going to be the number one pick in the draft, most likely. Their Friday pitcher is going to be possibly the number two pick in the draft, if not the number four pick. Right now, there's a mock draft that the LSU Friday night pitcher, their best pitcher, is going to go number four to the Texas Rangers. So I asked Josh Smith and others, I said, if you put LSU in double-A baseball, you put them in the Texas League versus the Frisco Rough Riders and San Antonio Missions and teams like that, since you've played double-A baseball and Jack just got his first taste of double-A baseball after playing at Vanderbilt, I said, what do you think the top schools in the country or your top SEC schools would do if you stuck them in the Texas League? And almost everybody said at least 100 losses. And there's 140 games in double-A baseball. But Derek... I know this is tough because you didn't play in the SEC, but to try to explain double-A baseball to big-time college baseball and the kids, and I call them kids, but the kids that played college baseball in the SEC for LSU or for Vanderbilt are saying, dude, I don't know the exact record, but probably 100 losses. Uh, Well, I do want to say that I was recruited by almost every SEC school. Okay, Uh, I did go the JUCO route, so I don't want people to think that you can't. You know, For you sure. can still Duke, do plenty, Juco's a plenty great, there, so don't, I don't want, I want that to be known just because I Mike, didn't go D1. Yeah. Michael Young played Juco. That's what I'm saying. It's, I want people to understand that's still okay. Right? Didn't he play Juco? I don't know. Maybe not. Um, But with, with that being said, like uh, schools, the colleges and stuff, I'm pretty close to saying the same thing. I, I, I would probably agree that it's going to be very close to a hundred losses because you're, it's a different style of baseball, I guess. I don't. I don't think people realize how much of a jump it is just from college to high A, Able, low A. Right. Yeah. So it would be interesting to see how it would work out. I'm sure, obviously, the college coaches would have a little bit better feel and getting them ready for it. But I don't. I still don't know if you would succeed as well. Yeah. And the example is, I give this LSU pitcher right now. 
going to be the first college pitcher drafted, whether he goes number two or number 10, most likely right now he's going to be the first. And I said, well, gosh, I'd give him a chance to win maybe 10 games. And then I thought about it. And I was like, dude, Jack Leiter was the number two overall pick, the, the supposed yeah. best pitcher in college baseball. And he went to double A last year and I believe won five games. It was rough. With that being said, though, that's because so for him, he could get away with a lot more in, in college. That fastball was overpowering, so you got through the lineup a little bit easier. You get to double A, these guys can they can fix that. Right. They can hit that. And like we talked about, in the SEC, there's no Dominican Republicans, and there's no Venezuelans, and there's no Puerto Ricans. I mean, there might be oh, a few, yeah, but I didn't really think like, about that. You literally add, all of a sudden, you get to pro ball, and you add a whole bunch of guys that are really good baseball players that don't play college baseball mm. because they either get drafted you know, or don't like, you don't get drafted, but they get signed out of their country. Yeah. They're not going and playing wow. for TCU or or Old Miss or Vanderbilt. They're going into professional baseball. So you add about 33% of the players in professional baseball didn't even have the opportunity or whatever to go to these schools. And then the other thing is, is out of your top 50 high school players, most likely 40 or 45 out of the 50 are signing pro. They're not even going to college. So when you yeah. get your list of here's the top 50 high school baseball players, 40 of them usually choose the pros and don't ever go to college baseball. How many of those make it to the pros? Make it to, you mean the major like, leagues? Yes. Yeah, don't ever say that again because I had a mostly a minor league career and when they would come, when people would you come still to, made double, it to the pros. When people come to AA and AAA and like, Hey, uh, when you think you're going to make it to the pros, I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm getting paid. And they actually gave me a pretty dang good bonus. Wait, uh, did you get to the pros? I got to the pros in 1996 out of Duncanville High School. There you go. You're got one. got 850 bucks a month to play in Burlington, North Carolina. You're one of those guys, though. You made it to and the And then I made leagues. it to the major leagues. So, you know what? In your face, Kevin. I, you're right. I am the only person in this room who has not pitched major league baseball. Let's try it. <laughs> Can we record it? Let's do it. It's definitely not. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, we will talk with Texas Rangers insider Jared Sandler right here on 105.3 The Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 